Well, today we celebrate Mother's Day. Mothers have changed through the years. My grandmother always looked like Aunt B. In fact, I think when she was born, she must have been issued a Aunt B wig or something. She just always looked like Aunt B. But mothers are not like that now. They have changed. When I was growing up, my mother was in the kitchen. My wife is at Curves. They have just changed. Johnny came home from school. He was in the second grade, had a black eye. His dad was upset that he had gotten into a fight. And so his dad was getting on to him for getting into a fight when he discovered that it was a little girl who had given him the black eye. So he began to tease him. And he said, Johnny, I can't believe that a mere girl gave you a black eye. Johnny, in exasperation, looked at his dad and said, Dad, they're not as mere as they used to be. Maybe that's because they're no longer in the kitchen. Sherry Hansen wrote about her son, Dirk, who was being kept by his grandmother. And the grandmother was putting up clothes. She went upstairs and she was putting clothes in the closet and Dirk had gone with her. He was watching and he was mystified by what she was doing. He said, "Uh, we don't have a room like that. She said, well, sure you do. He said, no, we don't. It's a closet. He said, well, we don't have one. She said, well, where do you keep your clothes? He said, in the dryer. (laughs) Mothers have changed. It's not the same as it used to be. But our love for them remains the same. You can take or leave dad, but we love our mamas. And so, I want you to look today at Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26, a familiar passage of Scripture. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Now, I don't know if this is a Christmas text that I am using on Mother's Day or if it is a Mother's Day text that we use on Christmas But it works both ways. So as we look at this, I want to begin by by speaking to you about the, the difficult duties of a mother. It seems to me that mothers are always running from one thing to the next, from baseball to ballet, from youth group at church to school. But they are always running, trying to get the kids where they are supposed to be. I remember being in the children's area one time, Anne-Marie Green was walking by. She was carrying a baby in one arm, holding on to another one in the other hand. And as she walked past me, she said, if evolution is true, then why have mothers not grown a third arm? Well, I think that's a legitimate question, probably. It is difficult to be a mother, and it always has been. One of my favorite mothers in the Old Testament is Jochebed. Jochebed was the mother of Moses and Aaron. Now, at the time, there was a decree that came from Pharaoh that all the Hebrew male children were to be drowned. Exodus 1.22, then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, 
Every son who is born, you are to cast into the Nile. And every daughter, you are to keep alive. All right, so there is this decree at that time that came to Jochebed and to the other Hebrews. When a male child is born, you are to drown that male child. What does a mother do? There is a threat on her family. There is a threat on her child. What does a mother do? A mother protects her children. Now see, that is the reason we were so shocked recently when we read about the mother, I believe in Utah, who confessed that she had killed six of her babies, put them in boxes, and put them in the garage. That's just not what mothers do. Mothers protect their children. The Bible says of Jockey Bed, the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. So in order to protect her child from Pharaoh's decree, the Bible says that she hid him for three months, but then there was another challenge as well. She then released her child to become the child of Pharaoh's daughter. The Bible says in Exodus 2.10, the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. So understand that she hid her child to protect him and then she released him to become someone else's child to protect him. Both are difficult. It is difficult when one has a child and one is attempting to protect the child and it is difficult to release the child and yet it is necessary. Mothers, it is difficult to release your child to become an adult but it is absolutely necessary. As I look at Jockey Bed, I see a mother who was committed to her son and she protected that child. It was difficult. It was difficult for Mary to fulfill her duties as a mother. Now think about Mary. She endured the gossip that must have been taking place. It would probably have been assumed at that time that Jesus was born out of wedlock because she wasn't actually married to Joseph in the fullness of the, of the ceremony. So there must have been the gossip that was taking place, the tongues that were wagging that she had to endure. Everything the Bible tells us about Mary and Joseph suggests to us that they were poor. Jesus was not born in Baptist Hospital. He was born in a cave. They were poor. When they dedicated Jesus, the Bible says that their dedication, their sacrifice, was to turtle doves, which was the offering of a poor family. She probably raised him at least for a while as a single mother. You see, Joseph is not mentioned after Jesus turned 12 years old. That has caused many Bible scholars to conclude that Joseph must have died. He was older than Mary. And so possibly he had died, and then so she raised her son possibly as a single mom, which is difficult by itself. And then she watched him crucified. Can you imagine the grief? Can you imagine how her heart was torn into as she watched her son crucified on the cross? It was difficult. It was difficult for Jockey Bed to be a mother. It was difficult for Mary to be a mother. And it is difficult today to be a mother. Truth is, motherhood is it's admired by us, but it isn't admired so much by the world. 
Tony Campalo's wife has a Ph.D. She is capable of making a, a contribution to society, but she decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And she said that when she would go to parties, she would go to events that people would come up and talk to her as they do. And as they talked to her, they'd ask the question, well, what do you do? And she would reply, I'm, I'm a homemaker. I stay at home and take care of my children. And she said then they would say, oh, and they would go to talk with someone else. So she changed her response. And when people come up to her and ask, what do you do? She said, I reply, I'm socializing two homo sapiens in Judeo-Christian values, so they'll appropriate the eschatological values of a utopia. What do you do? <laughs> it is difficult to be a mother because there are so many attacks on our children today, and you are sensitive to those attacks to protect your children. There are attacks from outside. There is the danger of drug abuse, and mothers are very aware of that. And then you, it seems that you get very little help as states now are beginning to legalize uh, drugs that have been illegal. I would imagine in the days before us that probably it will be considered that we legalize marijuana in South Carolina. That would be my anticipation. But it's also ironic to me that at the time when states are getting on board to legalize marijuana so that they have an expanded tax base, that a new study just came out and said that even the casual use of marijuana damages the brain. And yet we have states that say, well, we can get some money here. And moms are trying to protect their children, and it seems that oftentimes they don't even get help from the state that they support. And then Sheriff Lott is always reminding us about the danger of gangs and how they are in filtrating our schools and they are moving to get our children involved in those gangs and the danger that goes with them. We send our kids to school and oftentimes they are taught values that are inconsistent with the values you've tried to teach. You are aware that recently there was a group that began to criticize Coach Dabo Swinney for his commitment to the spiritual component of his players at Clemson. And he is under attack because he is interested in the spiritual well-being of those kids. I say, God bless Dabo Swinney. I guess I'm a Dabo dude. I'm for him. I thank God for someone who is willing to stand up and say that these are values that are important and then for the administration to stick with him because that hasn't been done so much recently. There's a criticism that our kids put up with that breaks the heart of a parent. Don't you hate it when you, someone comes up and criticizes your child to you? Don't do that to my wife. It's not a pretty thing. When people start getting on our kids, it's never been a pretty thing. Jerry Clower tells a story about being at a football game where his son was the kicker, and he happened to miss a field goal, and he said there was a man jumped up and said, Who's that kicker? He said, He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. 
And Jerry said, I went over to him. Jerry was a big man. He said, I went over to him and I said, you need to thank Jesus that you're alive. And he said, what do you mean? He said, I'm a Christian. If it weren't for Jesus, you'd be dead right now. The criticism, there's attacks that come to our children from outside. There are the attacks that come from inside as well, even inside our home. Most of the television programs that are owned seem to be in opposition to what we believe and try to instill in our children. And then there's the access to the Internet that makes pornography so accessible to our young people. No wonder they are getting so involved in those things. And then the lyrics to so much of the music is embarrassing if you sat down and listened to it. So when I look at a mom, it's difficult today. It's always been difficult, but it's difficult today. It isn't easy being a mom. It isn't easy protecting your children and bringing them up in the ways of the Lord. It is a difficult assignment. Therefore, they needed devoted relationships to sustain them. First of all, it is important that they have a relationship with God. Jochebed did. She was able to face the threat of Pharaoh because of her relationship with God. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty three, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Her faith in God overcame her fear of Pharaoh. When I, when I look at Jochebed, I see a woman who faced a difficult task, a challenge. And yet she was up to the task because of her relationship to God. She simply believed in God. Then I look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and see that she also had that relationship in verse number 38. The Bible says, And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She yielded herself to the Lord, be it done to me according to your will. When I look at Mary, I see a woman who was committed to the Lord. I cannot imagine trying to be a mother today without the Lord, without that relationship. My friend, if you are attempting to be a mother today, to bringing up children today without that walk with God, without, without that genuine relationship to the Lord Jesus, I don't know how you can do it. Children desperately need the fervent prayers of their mother. Charles Spurgeon wrote, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the custom on Sunday evenings while we were yet children. For mother to stay at home with us and when we sat around the table and read verse after verse and she explained the scriptures to us, then came a mother's prayer. We shall never forget even when our hair is gray. Moms, do you pray for your children? Do you lift them to the Lord in prayer, bathe them in prayer? Because they desperately need your prayers. As they go out into the world, as they face the temptations that they face, do you pray for them? They need a godly example. They need to look at mom and, 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 and get a reflection of Jesus when they look at mom. You see, moms need that relationship with God that gives them strength and sustains them. And then she needs uh, the devotion and the, the relationship with her husband. Joseph was devoted to Mary. In Matthew 1.19, the Bible says, And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, 
and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. And this verse speaks of his devotion. The Bible says, first of all, that Joseph, the husband of Mary, was a righteous man. Not a religious man, a righteous man. We need righteous men in the family today. I'm afraid too often we have boys that have never grown up. When your family desperately needs for you to be a righteous man, a godly man. He was righteous. When I look at Joseph, I see someone who wanted to protect his wife. He wanted to put her away secretly. Why? To protect her from embarrassment. Put her away secretly. To protect her. He was committed to her. He must have had doubts about this. He must have had thoughts about this. And, but he believed in her. And he was committed to her. Mothers need a committed husband. Mothers need a committed father who helps her in the journey. Willard Harley wrote in his book, His Needs, Her Needs, about a wife's needs. And he said, first of all, she needs her husband's devoted affection. She needs affection from her husband. One of the fond memories I have as a boy is that when my dad would come home from work, he always did the same thing. He would always come in and immediately go to my mother and kiss her. Man, do you show affection to your wives? What would, they, what would your wife do if you came in and grabbed her and kissed her? She might think someone, a stranger would come in. She needs your affection. Touch her. Let her know that, that you love her. But he said she needs affection. And then he said she needs conversation. He says, Harley said she needs someone with whom she can share her heart. Do you talk with her? One of my favorite times during the day is early in the morning. Linda and I wake up early. Not intentional. We just wake up. And we sit there for about an hour and drink coffee and talk. And that's the time when we talk about the kids. We talk about the day. We talk about you too. But we t it's always good. It's always good. But it's a time that we share in conversation. Do you, do you have a time when you as a husband and wife spend time sharing with each other, talking with each other? Harley goes on and says that she needs openness from her husband. Now that's a task. That's tough. It's, you know, it's hard for a man to be open with his wife, isn't it? Have you wives noticed that? It's hard for a man to be open. You know why? Because you use it against us. If we tell you something, then too often it's going to come back. So we're a little bit guarded. So you're going to have to help us with that. It's easier to talk to a stranger honestly than it is with your wife because a stranger doesn't care. See, if I'm talking to a stranger, if I'm talking to you and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave First Baptist and get a job as a greeter at Walmart, you'd say, well, you know, he's nuts, but I don't care. Linda wouldn't react that way. That would not be her response. So the idea that we are supposed to be open is necessary, but it's also difficult. And so you just need to help us with that. And then Harley says that she needs to know she is her husband's absolute priority. I read the story. It, it touched my heart. Jack Benny 
was shy as a young man. He was working at this place, and he saw this girl and became attracted to her, but he was too shy to to address her. And so he started sending her a red rose anonymously. Every day he would send her a red rose. Well, finally she became curious. Who was sending it? So she called the florist to find out, and they told her that it was Jack who was sending her the red rose. So she approached him and thanked him, And then they began a conversation, and he asked her out and so forth, and then they fell in love and got married. But every day, he would send her a red rose. Every day, there was a red rose that came to this woman from her husband. Every day. Then he died. The next day, a red rose came. So she called the florist to tell them that Jack had died, and they would not need to send a red rose again. And the florist said, but you don't understand. Before he died, Jack made all the arrangements. You will receive one red rose every day for the rest of your life. You see, your wife, the mother of your children, needs to know that she is your priority. However you say that. However you do that. She needs to know that. So she needs a relationship with God, a devoted relationship to God. She needs the devotion of her husband, a devoted relationship with her husband, and then with friends. In verse number 39, the Bible says, Now at this time Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Though they were relatives, this was also her friend, someone she could share with. Someone that she could share her experience with. And so she had that relationship. I think that it's important that you have relationship with other women. Now, Linda has her friend in the ministry is Olding Bassanio. And, and they talk and constantly talk and talk about ministry and those kinds of things. And then her closest friend is Cecilia Norman. Is, they've been friends of ours for a long time. But who is your friend? Someone that you are able to share with. Someone that you can share what you're going through with. It is important to have that relationship. So when I look at a woman, what are her needs? She needs this devotion to sustain her. She has this relationship with God, a relationship with her husband, and a relationship with friends. And they sustain her. And then thirdly, moms are strengthened when they are dependent on the Lord. And Mary was dependent upon the Lord. She knew herself, verse number 38. Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. She knew who she was, and she knew who God was. In verse 46, And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. You see, she is going to give birth to the Savior, but she referred to Him as my Savior. Somehow she had some understanding that this was going to be the the Savior of the world. So she knew who she was, and she knew who God was, and she was dependent upon Him. Moms, your faith is really important. We do so many things. We make sure that our children have their lessons, that they are students, that they get to the ball games on time, and all of those things that you do. But your faith is really important. Your walk with God is really important. For one thing, it will bring conviction to your family. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, Paul wrote to Timothy, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. I'm mindful of the faith in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sure that it's in you as well. When Paul was writing to Timothy, he says, Timothy, I'm aware of your faith. I know and I want you to know that it was first in your grandmother, and then it was in your mama, and now it's in you. You see, that's the way it works. Whenever you are women who have faith in God and you're walking with God, then you have the opportunity to pass that faith on to your children because they see it in you, and your family will commend you for it. So as I conclude... Duty describes mom. She will sacrifice herself for her family. Just like Jockey Bed. Jockey Bed was willing to do whatever was necessary to protect Moses. She hid him, and then she released him because she protected her son. Devotion sustains. It's important that you have those relationships. A relationship to God a relationship to your husband, a relationship to friends, because they will sustain you. And thirdly, dependence strengthens you. You will be strongest when you're dependent upon the Lord. Theodore Roosevelt wrote, The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman, or artist, or scientist. And I agree with him. There's no one in this world who has a greater impact or potential impact on our lives than our mothers. And God bless you for doing that. But that needs to be your ongoing commitment. Our gracious Father in God, we thank you so much for those who love you and for those who lead us to love you. I pray your blessings upon our mothers, and I pray, Heavenly Father, your blessing upon this invitation time, that we might be responsive, obedient to you. In Christ's name I ask. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to stand. The choir's going to sing a hymn of invitation. If you're here without Christ today, I, I encourage you to commit your life to Jesus. If you're looking for a church home, our doors are open to you. We'd love to have you as a part of this family. Stand with me, please, as we stand. They sing, you come. I'll greet you as you do. Jesus, I...